My name is Christina, and thank you for checking in to the Home for Favorite OCs. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Marianne. How are you doing? Hello. I'm great. How are you? I I definitely could complain about... Well, it's 2020, so, yeah, I, I, you know, <laughs> the, everybody's definition of great is... Yeah. A little different than it used to be, but I'm excited to talk about my character. That'll be yeah. fun. Yeah, this is this is not a podcast to complain about things. That's If you want to hear that, there's probably lots of them that you could go listen to. But here today, we are here to talk about characters, and specifically your character, Marianne. So who are we talking about today? Well, today we're talking about Alphonse. He is um, a, a kind of a... You're just going to have to come with me on this journey about who Alphonse is. Oh, I am very ready for this journey. So, Alphonse was a student at a wizarding college. And through a sort of series of unfortunate events, he ended up (laughs) in the ethereal plane and he brought back a seed for... um, In the ethereal plane, there are sometimes these little islands... Okay. And he brought back a seed and was in the process of bringing it to his professor when said professor caused an enormous explosion. And he was ricocheted back into a large tub of transmutation potion Mm -hmm. and was transmuted into a dog. And? A, a fantasy Irish wolfhound, except except he was so determined that he wasn't going to get an A on this project that he did not let his arms fall into the polymorph potion. And <laughs> so he is a dog, except for his arms from about... Bicep down or elbow down? Oh, uh, right there. There's a little movement. There, there's a joint there. But they're attached right where human arms would be. Except mm-hmm. that means that he only has one set of dog legs. <laughs> so he has a mobility aid that is mm-hmm. sort of, have you ever seen, I think it's Odin's horse. Uh, Sleipnir? And has all those legs on the bottom as eight at legs. Yeah. So it, it's yeah. sort of a mobility aid with some of those kind of legs, except they're dog legs on the front made out okay. of metal. And okay, they, okay. um, they all sort of go along together. So he has six dog legs, four of whom are mechanical, and two human <laughs> arms. Gotcha. Yeah, and he can stand up, but he's a dog. So dogs don't really like to stand up on their hind legs. No, no, they do not. So that is that is an extremely explosive introduction to Alphonse. Um now that, now that the listeners kind of know what to expect from this book wild D&D character, would would you like to talk about how you either how you A came up with Alphonse as like a character concept or B what led up to him being knocked into the ethereal plane finding a seed and then becoming let's call it 89% a dog. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly right. So, I am basically the forever DM. And most of the time, I'm making NPCs. And so, mm-hmm. Alphonse started out life as an NPC for... Interesting, okay. Yeah, um, 
I was starting a new campaign mm-hmm. and there's a great little module made by um, Monique Franson called the Laureate Guild, and, okay. uh, Laureate Trials, and it's made for like new players. And I use it all the time because it has a puzzle, it has some agility check, like uh, different kinds of checks okay, kind of puzzle okay. um, where you fall off logs a la, you know, American Ninja Warrior, and then it has a battle. <laughs> so it introduces them to everything. And, but I wanted to put my own flavor on it. So they were joining a temp agency for heroes called Mm -hmm. Epquick Heroes. When you need an epic hero quick, you go to Epquick Heroes, right? Nice. So this was the, this is the owner of Epquick Heroes. Yeah, yeah. And so he, um, he's not really a hero. He's mostly a dog. Um, so <laughs> he is retired from heroing life and he has yeah. sort of a terrible, vaguely New Jersey accent. And it was mostly just to kind of introduce my players to the world and sort of the yeah. whimsy that we have in my mm-hmm. D&D campaigns. But I absolutely fell in love with him and started to make him a backstory. And also to give your players an NPC to immediately latch on to as their new best friend who they always want to have around for forever, right? Oh, absolutely. So Alphonse is pretty grumpy. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he's uh, one of those characters that he's sort of like um, a grumpy old man who is Aww. also a dog. And so everybody <laughs> likes him, but also he's always kind of yelling at you to get off his yeah. lawn and work harder. And he's all about the bottom line, you know. And he's also mostly the fantasy equivalent of an Irish wolfhound. So he's going to always look grumpy no matter what that's right so um then i got so he was an npc and that was like literally his backstory Mm -hmm. that was Mm -hmm. his entire backstory was that he was a dog except he had arms on the front uh was the (laughs) beginning of the backstory and then because of some of the choices that my players made we ended Mm -hmm. up creating this backstory of how we became this dog but then okay. I got the opportunity to uh, play a game with uh, Cypher of Tear for Jasper's Game Day, which is an mm-hmm. anti-suicide a oh, suicide nice. prevention organization. And I had to have a PC. And I was like, this is the PC <laughs> that I want to play for the rest of my life. Yes, a perfect chance to finally use Alphonse. So when I think about what I love about D&D is the storytelling mm-hmm. aspect. And I don't actually really mm-hmm, care that mm-hmm. much about the rules. You know, I, I like them because they create a structure, but I'm not yeah. one of the people who enjoys knowing every single rule. I really value those people on at my table because that frees me from that. Yeah. But I, I really thought about, I don't want to build him to like min-max him. I want to think about mm-hmm. if I was a person who was a dog, what spells would I really want in my life Mm -hmm. to help me with my life, Mm -hmm. right? So I thought about things, a lot of sort of charm spells, charm person, spells, things like that. He's a wizard. Mm -hmm. And also um, spider climb, which is hilarious because if you imagine in your mind – you know, a dog with six dog legs and two human arms just walking <laughs> right up the wall mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is, like, 
very hilarious to me. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And he has things like Ray of Enfeeblement, um, a Mold Earth, and okay, Message, okay. and Mending, Mage okay. Hand, Featherfall. Like, these are things that I think would be practical. Yeah, yeah, Magic yeah. Magic Missile. I mean, he can already speak with animals. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tiny <laughs> Hut, Water okay. Breathing, Dimension Door. Right? So these are things that I'm thinking about how, if I were a dog person, like, how would I make my way through the world? So that's yeah. why I, I sort of chose these spells. Okay. Now, with that in mind, did he then have, since, since there's so many utility spells that, Al, that Alphonse already has, does he have a favorite signature cool combat spell? Absolutely not. He has not really forgotten. I mean, he's a dog. And, uh, so he's adorable. No, his main thing is charming people. He doesn't really care about getting along, but he likes to make an impact, right? Gotcha, like he's okay. not a super effective fighter. Mm-hmm. So he'd rather dimension door away. He'd rather walk up the wall and just go around you. But most of the time, he's not going to fight you. Okay, okay. He also has a very soft spot in his heart for monsters being mostly a dog yeah so if there's a way to not kill it he won't kill it um and he's he's sort of generally a coward so okay so he would rather not get in a direct confrontation i mean not that i can blame him i can't imagine that even in even in D D, fantasy dogs are not necessarily the hardiest of creatures <laughs> right well, so then I got the opportunity to use Alphonse again. I went to a little D&D retreat and they said, you know, bring a player. He, yeah. for the original game that we played with Cypher of Tear, it was B level 11. But for this game, it was B level 6. So oh. I had to think about well, what does baby Alphonse look like? I mean, not actual baby, <laughs> but when he wasn't as strong. And then I had to work it in with their plot. So he was, there was a sort of bounty hunter organization in this town and they had to go Mm -hmm. kill a dragon. And the entire time, all he wanted to do was not die. (laughs) Ideally get the money, but not die. And then he died. Oh no! (laughs) The, uh... The dragon scalded him to death. He was hiding way up, at, like at the top of the lair, trying to figure out what to do. And the dragon found him. And he, not only did he, he got one-shotted and then fell off the cliff. So oh, there was no. the first time I actually had character death ever. It was very, it was very coincidental that oh, the one no. person who spent the entire time and the DM was horrified. He did not realize how few hit points Alphonse had. Well, yeah, because he's mostly a dog. <laughs> right. And he was trying to protect. He had a little, like, gnome friend who would ride around on his back. Okay. So okay, that she could okay. keep up with the group. But luckily, because they slayed a dragon and had a dragon horde, they were able to use some necromancy and bring him back to life. But I decided, I reckoned that that was when he gave up adventuring. And used his money from the dragon horde to invest in, you know, a business. Okay, okay. And 
a business in the sense of this is a need that I need to fill in my community or this is something so that I don't personally have to go out and do the Yeah, I think he's retired. Okay, okay. So um, when I'm not Alphonse, I am a mother of three children and a middle <laughs> school teacher. And I have a D&D club that has 50 kids in it. And half are girls and half are Ma- boys. Marianne, I-, I mean this completely seriously. God bless you, ma'am. I know, right? It's a certain kind of crazy, but it's really fun. And it's yes. been a lifesaver in yeah. this COVID time to have mm-hmm. this connection with each other and be able to do it online and, yeah. di- you know, dive into fantasy. And mm-hmm. um, I'm really happy to be able to start a whole bunch of they don't know about the misogyny they don't know about <laughs> gatekeeping that doesn't exist in their D world girls oh. are the dms as just as often as the boys if not more because they're more organized oh good That's and so, so good. i'm trying to put out into the world all these people who know what it feels like to be at a respectful table that That's has so good you know norms and safety tools and fun mm-hmm. and collaboration and so that when they can go out and when they find tables mm-hmm. that are not like that they know how to start their own yeah now out of curiosity is alphonse from a game that you then run for one of your students so he hasn't made his way in for the students yet this was a game that i was playing with some adults who had never played before, who were friends okay, of mine okay. online. Because what I find is that when I talk about D&D, people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I wanted to play that, but I never did. Yeah. Is, you know, I'm 40, and so I'm a lady of the 90s. When I was a kid, <laughs> I when I was a basement dweller, the boys did not let the girls play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never really thought much about it. And then three years ago-ish, I was at PAX Unplugged, and I saw a panel called Hand Her a Sword. It was about how girls can get a lot out of playing D&D. I was like, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. So I went home, (laughs) and I walked around, and I'm like, you're a girl. Do you want to learn how to play D&D? And they were like, what's that? Like, you know, it's that thing they do on Stranger Things. They're like, yeah, all right. And that's how we started. (laughs) And uh, so our, but that group is called the Slay Queens. Nice. And it is mostly girls, although it has expanded to some non-binary kids and a boy who proved that he was, um, he said, I just feel like I'm a Slay Queen at heart. And you know what? He is. Aww. And so he has joined them. That's so good. Yeah. Oh. So it's really fun. And uh, so it's like all role playing all the time. It's it's very good. That's oh, that's just so good, and I'm so glad that this is a thing that exists. Yeah. So I live in New Hampshire. So you have to imagine that I'm in this tiny school. Nice. Uh, two hundred sixty-five kids in it, and so last year, out of two hundred sixty-five kids, we had fifty. Holy cow! Yeah, and then this year we're in pods um, that are broken out for coronavirus protection, and so. Mm-hmm. Some of my kids and some of the other pods have sort of restarted again. Okay. So they're okay. sort of spreading the gospel. 
of TNT and my group of- is, and it's really fun. The camaraderie is really fun. Well, you know, so here's something really fun, mm-hmm. which is I'm a teacher in the town that I live in. Like my life is an open book. <laughs> well, you know, I have, th- well, I have three kids who have friends mm-hmm. who are at my house all the time. I yeah. live five minute walk away from the school. My students walk by and talk to me about my lawn or whatever. Like every, you know, <laughs> I can't go to the grocery store without seeing everyone. I don't really care. Yeah. I yeah, got to embrace that life. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that has been really neat, too, about mm-hmm. D&D is um, so, you know, just connecting with other people online mm-hmm. on Twitter yeah. has been super fun. And I joined mm-hmm. Twitter because of wanting to connect with other people who were doing D&D with children yeah. And I met a bunch of people who do therapeutic D&D, which is Ooh. not my specialty, but Ooh. something I'm really interested in for students. The idea of specifically playing D&D for the purpose of therapy, that is that is a concept that I personally don't think I'd ever be brave enough to do. But kudos to the people who are running it and then being willing to play it. Because, like, you know, the joke is kind of like, oh, it's D&D, it's therapy, but with dice. But the idea of trying to do it intentionally is something that I didn't realize people were doing, which is just really cool. Absolutely. So um, there's a great guy on Twitter called Roll for Kindness, and his name's Peter. Mm -hmm. And then there's a very cool group called Game to Grow out in Seattle, who are some of the people that I really like both of those. Um, people and lots of people are kind of trying it out. It's really neat. And, you know, because we want to say, how do we make this uh, an experience that's helping people with identity and Mm -hmm. positive and social interaction? I mean, it's all kind of there. It is sort of therapy with dice, even if it's not intentional. So there's a really neat community of people who are making it intentional. Mm -hmm. Uh, So anyway, I connected with a lot of them and... I ended up also connecting with a little Twitch channel called the Black Feather Guild. And okay. I did some, uh, like a little season of a D&D podcast, uh, live stream with them. Mm-hmm. And now I have all these people all over the world who are super interesting. <laughs> and I can ask them all to talk to my sixth graders about the weather. Yeah. And so I've been co-opting my D&D connections into people who I can talk to about the weather because I'm teaching <laughs> about climate and weather. And so every couple times a week we get online and they're like, who will we meet from the D&D world today? <laughs> <laughs> now, and- out of out of curiosity, is that like specifically meteorologists who also play D and D, or just oh no, sampling of different people? I'll probably hit you up to talk about the weather. No, I don't have anybody in the Midwest. <laughs> well, right now I can tell you it's a lot of unseasonably warm temperatures. <laughs> well, yeah, it's been really neat to be able to be like, hey, I met this person because we have mm-hmm. the similar interest, and yeah, you know, we we both are interested in role-playing and we're both interested Mm -hmm. in other people. And now they've agreed to come and talk to you about their local weather in Utah or South Carolina or the Philippines or whatever. So 
that's been very cool. Mm-hmm. And then plus nine of my 12 sixth graders play D and D. So nice, nice. Even better. Yeah. yeah. And I know we've strayed a little far from Alphonse, but no, it's okay. This is look in the year of our Lord, 2020, I don't think anyone's going to mind getting to listen to positive D and D content. <laughs> Fair enough. And you know, even with Alphonse and with a lot of my characters, I mm-hmm. like, I love content that turns tropes on its head. Yes, yes, yes. Right? And that's part of why I teach middle school, because they like mm-hmm. turning tropes on their head. They like sort of punching up at authority. <laughs> and so a question that comes up a lot when I DM or when I play Alphonse or other characters intentionally and sometimes unintentionally is like who is the monster mm-hmm. who is actually the monster right yeah is it the kobolds who have moved into this abandoned you know death cults this lair because no perhaps. one lived there or is it the <laughs> adventurers who are now murdering all of them because they want to get the treasure at the end yep i'm pretty sure i run that exact module <laughs> yeah there's a lot of them yeah and even if, you know, the Lost Minds that everybody, that comes with the D&D starter kit, it is literally murdering goblins. Yeah. That's spoiler alert. Too late. <laughs> but you're literally just murdering stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always come up with that really troubles me about that is goblins have language and culture. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's not necessarily our language and culture. Mm Mm-hmm. But just, like, when we go into somebody's house and murder them all because they speak a different language and have a different culture that we see as barbaric. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, like, a problematic history with that in real life. Uh Uh-huh. 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 So I want middle schoolers to have the sophistication to go, Mm -hmm. maybe that's not cool. It's almost like... D&D was formed from from war reenactment games by a bunch of white guys in the 70s. Right, from inspiration from a dude who was super racist because he'd been in some racist wars and then, you know, mm-hmm. wrote a very famous set of books about how tall white people go to heaven and everybody else does it. It's yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, look, I... I, I like J.R.R. Tolkien more than some of his other contemporaneous writers, but also he did have his own problems that need to be acknowledged when you're talking about Lord of the Rings. Well, you know, the thing is that I found with middle schoolers is they literally do not care about any of that. They just don't have any of that baggage. They're not, they're very interested in homebrew. Yeah. All of, they just want to homebrew everything. And so they want to like go beyond real crab housewife. What is it? Real housewives of crab city or <laughs> they want they want to get married or flirt mm-hmm. with people. Mm-hmm. They want pets. I mean they're basically yeah. just regular D&D people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, yeah. But you know, and then they sometimes want to go through town and like murder, you know, guys who are kind of douchebags or whatever Mm -hmm. too but i find i find that they really respond to whatever content you give them so if you start Mm -hmm. with lost minds and that's what you do 
then they're like, okay, this is a murdering game. And I think that that's not interesting to a lot of people, too. It doesn't Mm -hmm. hold the interest of, you know, uh, girls, mostly. I mean, you know, I I hate that sort of girl-boy dichotomy. I mean, it's even outside of the dichotomy of, like, murder game versus not murder game, it's... I feel like a lot of the times people who are specifically coming to play D&D, they want more than just, you know, go defeat this group of, heavy air quotes here, monsters. <laughs> right. And if they don't, you know, that's something that having a group that's the size that it is, mm-hmm. is great because we can move people around so that they're at mm-hmm. a table that has similar interests. Yeah. Uh, I Last year I had a table of basically all fifth and sixth grade boys who were extremely compliant and well-behaved during the day. And on Friday afternoons, they just wanted to go murder everything. And hysterically, slapstick murder. You know, like they wanted to go set fire to the town, hilariously, and then turn all the fields into popcorn. And you know what I mean? Like they wanted to do that sort of cartoon superhero level violence and it's like they've spent the whole week doing exactly what everyone else told them to this is their anarchy and rebellion (laughs) and then they go home and clean their rooms because their parents told them to like good for them you know Mm -hmm. so so that's really fun but yeah i guess when i'm playing when i'm creating worlds for myself or for Mm -hmm. students or for or, or I'm playing a game, like, that's what I'm interested in, is what are the relationships between the characters? Mm-hmm. Why, what are the choices, and why? Yeah. You know, what, I always try to think about actions having consequences, because mm-hmm. I think that's what makes interesting narrative. And yeah. so if I'm going to go through and burn down the entire town's corn and turn it all into popcorn so it rains <laughs> down from the sky hilariously, like, then what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. sometimes nothing happens because it's SpongeBob, or, you know, it's the SpongeBob universe of D&D. Yeah. But sometimes <laughs> if it's a long-term campaign, like maybe there is a consequence. So mm-hmm. I think that's more interesting than just sort of wanton destruction. I I would wholeheartedly agree with you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, most of the time, you know, so I, as I said, I'm... 40 and mm-hmm. I loved David Eddings and Terry Brooks and like all that sort of classic fantasy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's really sweet to we, to me when middle schoolers are like, I'm going to be a princess, but she's a naughty princess. She doesn't li- she doesn't want to wear skirts. She wants to <laughs> ride horses and save people. And I'm like, it is like no one has ever come up with that idea before. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, but me personally, like, I've read all those books. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. I was that princess when I was 12. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. now I'm more interested in creating a sort of whimsical world that also has yeah. some nuance to it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? Um, where the answer isn't always, like, who can have the best amount of like the best min max spell combination and kill this yeah. monster the quickest because that's like mm-hmm. okay good congratulations yeah. you killed a pretend thing <laughs> like i don't know you know <laughs> now you got a treasure yeah so. i totally get that 
So then, out of curiosity, how how whimsical would you say is the world that that Alphonse is from? Even well, disregarding the fact that he is ninety, he is eighty nine percent dog. I mean, he's eighty nine percent dog, so that's a good start. Um, he owns a company called Epic Heroes, which is mm-hmm. a uh, agency, so you can just get whatever kind of adventures you need, mm-hmm. which is a good sort of launching point for a new place. You know, and there oh, is yeah. that. There's a lot of when I love puns. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. silly. I like to be silly, uh, but yeah. I, you know, I, I find that I end up injecting a lot of humor into everything I do because D&D is inherently humorous, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when things go wrong and trying mm-hmm. to make that make sense narratively mm-hmm. to the plot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Last mm-hmm. week, Alphonse wasn't really in this one as much. Uh, mm-hmm. He was an NPC in this one. But last week, the people who live in his world where he's an yeah. NPC, they were supposed to go back to a job but someone had taken their cart they have some carts that sort of magically go where they're supposed to go gotcha okay. so they had to go to the sundry shop on the campus of epic heroes which is mm-hmm. called david's bridal and uh uniforms and sundries hey, <laughs> so, i see what you did there uh and the only cart that was available for rent was the stretch limo version of a cart mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a white surrey yeah that played like wedding music really obnoxiously so Aww. there was a lot of sort of slapstick humor of trying to chase down the cart in the stretch mm-hmm. wedding limo so <laughs> you know so usually we, we were silly yeah but but not uh completely ludicrous i guess does that yeah. make sense yeah, We're not yeah, Spaceballs yeah. the movie level. Ludicrous <laughs> speed. Yeah. So then would... Okay, this might be an odd question, but would you say then that Alphonse is a character that brings more pathos to the game since he's so serious and grumpy and also he has canonically died at least once? <laughs> That is a great question that I've not considered before. I think yes, he he is sort of inherently grumpy. Yeah, he is sort of inherently. He usually ends up. He looks at things from a different point of view than a lot of people, right? Like he's yes. not going to want to just go in and fight. He's mm-hmm. not. He's pretty suspicious. Um, yeah. He. So I would say that he's, he's not like oppositional defiant. Yeah. Although he might come across that way sometimes, right? Because part (laughs) of this, uh, at a metagame level, I also find that really obnoxious when people are in a party and the party wants to do something and they are like, no, that's not yes and, that's not us building a collaborative story, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm, I try to walk mm -hmm. that line of he's not going to just say yes because he's inherently a coward. And mm-hmm. a dog. So yeah. <laughs> he has sort of a different agenda. Um, so I think he does, but he also brings whimsy because, like, in the game we were playing for Jasper's game day, they were mm-hmm. in, like, sort of a hell tank because they were they were in hell. And okay. so he had to stick his head out the window the whole time. 
you know, because he's a thug. <laughs> and, like, so he's very yeah, serious and, like, takes himself very seriously. But then when they, like, killed this giant duck, he had to roll all over it. Mm-hmm. This right? gi- excuse me, did you say this giant duck? Yeah, the sort of big bad at the edge was a big duck. A hell duck. And, uh, or goose. All right, it was a goose. I, I apologize. I love this. Yeah, so at the end, you know, he's in this big uh, cavern and he's doing this thing about spider climb where he's kind of up behind a, a column, like trying to shoot a mm-hmm. few spells mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. stay protected and they kill it and he just sort of feather falls down and is rubbing his all over the dead body because he's a do- he's 89% dog. It's a big <laughs> dead goose. Of course you gotta rub all over it. Delicious. Oh, I love that. So... The other thing um, is the seed that he brought yeah, from the yeah. ethereal plane is there was a dryad in the seed. Like, it's a tree. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, at Equic yeah. Heroes, uh, the person who is the sort of like HR person slash team building counselor is his daughter, <laughs> Trillioris, oh. who is a... Is is Alphonse's daughter or is the Dryad's daughter? It's the Dryad. Okay, okay, I gotcha. Which is Alphonse's sort of chosen family. Gotcha, because he, okay. you know, okay. he has the seed and he protected it, and so he carried it around with him, mm-hmm. and when he put his roots down in Upquick Heroes, he planted hey. it and it turned out, <laughs> and it turned out to be sentient, have a little sentient person inside. Nice. She's super obnoxious. I she's mean, a great NPC. She's very, she's every single bad uh, professional development person who's like, you were, if you had a crayon, what color would you eat? And it's like team building. <laughs> you know what I mean? But she also mm-hmm. has extreme charm. From, okay, okay. And so if you don't work with her willingly, she, she just like makes you through charm. Oh, I love that. So then it's the kind of thing where Alphonse's daughter just kind of learned all of the people skills from Alphonse. Right. And then does he ever look at his daughter and just go, oh, no. I, you know, I don't think he worries about it too much. Like, he just loves her. (laughs) He just thinks she's great. She's sort of this, like, weird combination of, like, hippy-dippy and, mm-hmm. like, you will do what she says because she's kind of a spoiled princess. Her name's yeah. Trillioris, and so, uh... Aw. It's pretty funny. So, my players are always like, oh, when Alphonse makes them go do team building, they're never happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need a break between adventures, we go do some team building, and it's pretty funny. I love that, actually. It's it's really ridiculous. But it but also it serves a purpose like those stupid team building things that everybody yeah. hates mm-hmm. except a few people who really love them. It's like that in the game too, but I yeah. you know what if you had a crayon what color would you eat and why? It's like a great question to ask about your PC. Mm-hmm. I mean maybe not great, but those kinds of questions. <laughs> yeah. Right? are yeah. things that it make my players think and make them develop relationships between each other, even mm-hmm. if what it is is just hating Trillioris time. <laughs> <laughs> so, important question then. What color crayon would Alphonse be? 
Well, it's not it's not what he would be. It's what would he eat. Oh, okay. What okay. color? If you had a crayon, like if you had to eat a crayon, what color would you eat? Uh, okay. You know, I think he would just eat them all if he wanted to. <laughs> He's a dog. So I think he would. Yeah, I think we'd just eat them all right then so that nobody else would get them. That's what my dog does when they get something that's a treat. <laughs> he, she runs off and like eats the whole thing right away. Aw. So then, out of curiosity, was the choice of a wolfhound specific, was there like a reason behind picking that dog, or was it just kind of a random decision that seemed appropriate? Well, so as you can see, it sort of was like big concept, kind of idea, and then mm -hmm. we had to kind of retcon some of the details. Yeah. So thinking from a practical point of view, if you're going to be a dog that's keeping up with an adventuring party and mm -hmm. also doesn't have front legs, yeah, you know, from a stride point of view, it mm -hmm. needs to be a larger dog who can get over things like boulders or things like that. You know, you can't, mm -hmm. practically, you're not going to have like a min pin or a, you know, oh, yeah. shih tzu or something. Be able a dachshund. To <laughs> yeah, like with some goliaths or whatever. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so that was, I was like, what are some big dogs that are, Yeah. and, and so I, I got to do some research and Irish wolfhounds are the biggest and they have that face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They have that face. You know, and I, it, it could be within the realm of possibility that he, there would be mm -hmm. Irish wolfhounds at the campus of the college and he was patting the Irish wolfhound and then he, when he was blown into the polymorph potion, he had hair on him or something like that. Ah, I mean... From what I know of wolfhounds, they do tend to shed a lot. <laughs> right. Which is another sort of fun fact about Alphonse. He sheds mm -hmm. a lot. So here's a question, a couple questions that I have had to think about. So maybe yeah. I'll turn the tables on you. Does <laughs> Alphonse wear pants? Or clothing at all? I see I'm assuming that you have that you already have the answer to this. My get my immediate guess is no, unless it's like accessories. Right. So, but I had to think it through. Like, if I were a person who was mostly a dog, would I feel mm -hmm. the need to wear clothing? So I think he wears like an apron. Okay. With okay. a lot of pockets. Yeah. So that he can have a lot of items like within small arm reach. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But just stuff like that. Like, yeah. Or does he wear shoes? Like, is he, like, what things does a dog man? still keep what does he eat yeah what does he eat so he eats everything i think okay. he's an adventurous eater he eats human food okay i think when he is not super hungry he will at least attempt to use silverware yeah but he's not going to like yeah i think he's just as as happy with a a bowl and when other people aren't around he probably just eats right Okay, he, he eats yeah. it right out of the trash can, probably, because, <laughs> you know, he's the boss. Here, he doesn't care. Yeah. Here's a question, then. What's the wildest thing that he's ever eaten? Mmm. Because I haven't ever had an Irish wolfhound, but I've been around enough dogs to know that sometimes they eat things like decorative fake holly berries. <laughs> oh, Yeah. I think uh, Alphonse, 
I think before he gave up being a hero, Alphonse definitely um, has to really have a lot of um, self-talk about not eating. Like if they have a dead, <laughs> if they kill something. Yeah. And they're, you know what I mean? Like, and, they, and not yeah. like rubbing all over it or eating that kind of stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, I think he drinks and eats human food. Like, I think he would drink beer, maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, he probably doesn't eat grapes. Those aren't supposed to be very good for... And chocolate, that's not supposed to be very good for dogs. I mean, I would hope not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not sure he would tell. Yeah. I think it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. Some of the things he's probably eaten and done when he's not <laughs> thinking too much about yeah. his human side. Mm-hmm. But a question I have, and I don't have an answer to this yet, yeah. is why... Is he still a dog? Like, he's a very accomplished wizard at this point, right? Mm -hmm. So I try to think about a couple things. One is, I think that when they saved him from death, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. mechanical legs fused onto him. Okay. I mean, he was scalded to death. So there was like a lot. (laughs) There wasn't a lot left to work with. Yeah. Um. So they were able to sort of pour what was left of him into a bag and get him, you know, (laughs) very expensively to some necromancers. But, yeah, you know, so I I think now his mobility aid is sort of sealed onto him. Okay, okay. You know, and like an artificer made it. So it's got its little like, you know, just sort of legs doing their thing. Okay. But. You know, part of my question for him is like, what, what would make him not ever solve that problem? And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I think about, you know, he's inherently afraid of change, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's nervous. He's used to being a dog and is successful at it now, has carved out a little life for himself. Yeah. (laughs) You know, maybe there's Mm -hmm. some notoriety yeah uh, to him and and where he's mm-hmm. at maybe if he wasn't a dog he'd just go back to being another sort of your 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 average run-of-the-mill wizard <laughs> yeah running around the D universe you know there must mm-hmm. be a lot of level mm-hmm. 10 wizards out there so i'm sure there are <laughs> so probably you know something like that but i but i think about like what is the psyche of a man who be- becomes 89 percent dog and then stays that way <laughs> Yeah, because I, I imagine that Alphonse probably has had to do a lot of, you know, like, soul searching while taking the Night Watch or something, just from, just from the existentialness of it all. Right. And I think that's part of his, like, what? Oh, yeah, okay, I see how it is. Oh, kind of demeanor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's very loyal. I mean, he's a dog. So Yeah, yeah. So that's been fun, too, to, like, sort of infuse those kinds mm-hmm. of, like, things that we think about dogs. He's very loyal yeah. to his uh, pack once he's, you know, once you're in with him, you're in with him. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe just, maybe it's a, it's a weird life, but what would he be if he was not a dog man? Yeah, that's very true. Okay, now, I have a question that I like to ask people who bring tabletop characters to talk about. 
What is the most buck wild coolest thing that Alphonse has ever done? Hmm. It can be as a player character or as an NPC. Well, as a player character, um, the kobolds thing was part yeah. of a campaign he was in. And mm-hmm. they were going to kill all the kobolds, uh, but instead he managed to convince them all that he was their Uncle Alphonse and oh my got gosh. them on his side and that they all really liked him and they they were going to plan an invasion of the town. So he was like, that's a great idea. Let's plan it for next time it's a full moon, which was after the adventure was going to be over and all of the borders were going to be sealed back. So yeah. they were like, all right, that's good. So he sort of ended up being the accidental leader of a, a whole kobold, <laughs> you know, thing. And mm-hmm. um, he got them mm-hmm. to put some water features in there. And like, yeah, <laughs> he managed to uh, create coexistence between the adventurers and get the kobolds on their side. And then they led them through this dangerous place instead of um, having to fight the ball, much to the complete disappointment of the DM who had played a lot of death encounters. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's sort of something I I feel like is really positive. He's done a oh, lot yeah. of very silly things, mm-hmm. um, and a sort of abrasive things. But that's probably my favorite thing that he did. Yeah, because it's not only is it creative problem solving, it's also the kind of thing that is that is possible to do in D anD D. Right. You know, if you're Alphonse. It's a much less energy and more benefit to get them on your side. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. <laughs> you know, and like that's not where you want to put your energy, the kobolds. You want to put your energy mm-hmm. into the big bad who then kills you with scalding or whatever. But, yep. <sighs> but yeah, I mean, it's always fun for me, like when I'm listening to an actual play podcast. Mm-hmm. or watching something, you know, what's fun, or playing in a long-term game, what's fun is the development of the mm-hmm. relationships between the characters. Or, yes. like, how can yes. we solve yes. these puzzles? Yes. And so I think Alphonse is a character that was really made mm-hmm. to be a person who could survive in his world realistically yeah. as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, I like I'm trying to make him be just like a dude who's doing it, but is it mostly a dog? <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, everything is normal about him except for the fact that he's 89% dog. Right. And I think, but that's to me what's interesting too is like, mm-hmm. it's less interesting to me, you know, as someone who has read a lot of fantasy and, and sort of done all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want that perfect character anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, why why do we all love Batman? Because Batman is like this tortured soul, right? Like, sometimes <laughs> he dresses up like a bat. He's <laughs> like Batman. Right. But he's also like, you know, like, that's the whole thing. Like, Lego Batman is my favorite mm-hmm. Batman movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. you know, that idea of, like, f- the flawed hero to me is more interesting than, like, Superman, who always can, like, go around and does everything right all the time because he's, like, awful good and super powerful, you know? hmm So, so I think that's really interesting to me and what keeps me wanting to come back to the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Now, we've been recording for a while, so is there anything that you want to talk about with Alphonse before we go into the last question? So I've played a lot of different characters, Mm -hmm. and the reason I love Alphonse the most is because I sort of, like, when I'm role-playing him, I know what he's going to do. Like, Mm -hmm. when he comes into a situation, I'm able to not, I'm able to just jump into being him and think about what he would do and it's not always the right thing in a Mm -hmm. way that is really fun and sort of all consuming. Right. And that's part of the fun of it is that it's not like even about stats or whatever, that it's just like, what would he actually do in this situation? Mm -hmm. What are his Mm -hmm. resources? Um, and that's really fun and finding characters that you can sort of just do their character voice and you just sort of Mm -hmm. know who they are Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. a really fun thing. And it's fun to watch some of my students find that. And it's fun to Yeah, find yeah, that. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's why I'm here. Be, and talking about mm-hmm. him and not anybody else. Because that's why he's my favorite. <laughs> like, why is there a grumpy old man with a really terrible New Jersey accent in my soul? I don't know, but he is in there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like dogs. So. <laughs> well... In that case, I think you kind of already answered this, but why do you love Alphonse so much? Um, I love Alphonse because he's ridiculous, mm-hmm. but fleshed out enough that the choices he makes are not just random. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you can, yeah, you'll uh, like. I think the people he he adventures with, mm-hmm. or you know, they know what he's going to do. Like, he, he's predictable yeah. in his personality, even though mm-hmm. he, what he's going to do is not necessarily what everybody else would do. Uh, yeah. And so that's, and he's, when I when I play him, I don't have to think about it intellectually a lot. Like, I just sort of know what he would do. Yeah. And that's really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's fun to play him because he does have a lot of, like, little quirks about, you know, if he's on guard duty in the middle of the night, like he can yeah. hear really well. Yeah. And he can smell really well, but he might be really distractible because of squirrels. Squirrels. <laughs> yeah. And that's really fun too, is to come, you know, be mm-hmm. doing this big serious thing and then ha- have him just have to stick his head out the window as they travel by some sort of wheeled conveyance. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he's sort of a good combination of pathos and zany, I guess. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. Okay, so we are coming to the point of the episode where it is time for me to thank you so, so much, Marianne, for coming on. I have I have loved getting to hear all about D&D, both that, both that you run and then both what you play with, with Alphonse and with everyone. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been a blast. Awesome. Well, me too. Thank you so much for having me. And um, if... Anybody interested in talking about Alphonse or thinking about kids and D&D and role-playing, um, mm-hmm. I'm at Calliope on Twitter. C-U-L-L-I-O-P-E. Um, <laughs> and I'm always thinking about, about role-playing games with kids, and I'm working on getting my PhD in that. So Nice! Yeah, so when I'm not That's Alphonse, I'm, I'm always thinking about role-playing uh, and kids. So anyway... So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, hey, you're welcome. Just 
yeah, yeah, it's good to come here. On the, it's nice. <laughs> this is very good. Yes, you mm-hmm. should get your Epic Heroes. This is a very good place to get. Like, if you want adventurers, they might die. They might live. They're not like great adventurers. They're low level, but they're cheap. And mm-hmm. that's good. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> or, but, you know, the better ones are a little pricier. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. It's it's good. It just, It just depends on what you want. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, oh gosh, are we gonna get the voice? Are we gonna get the voice? <laughs> I could have done the whole episode of this voice, but I can't see. It's like this accent. What kind of accent is this? It's like nothing. But you hear what my real voice is, but I would rather walk around and talk like this all the time. I've never even been to New Jersey. I don't know. I think this is a New Jersey accent. I don't know. It's an Alpine accent. How does an Irish wolfhound get an accent like this? I don't know. He just has one. This is his soul. This is what comes out of my soul. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a mystery that will, may never be solved. Oh. Oh, but gosh, you could buy so some people from Epic Heroes for a very reasonable price to try to solve that mystery <laughs> if you so desired. Oh, that's so good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, thank you so much for having me and Alphonse on your show. You are welcome. The Home for Rated OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found through Acast and your local podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. And you can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. And I do have a couple of guests lined up for the rest of the calendar year. But if you are interested in being a guest on the show, please feel free to fill out the Google survey, which is currently the pinned tweet on the Wayward Twitter account. I am trying to be better about letting people know ahead of time and actually scheduling ahead of time, um, especially now that you know, things are maybe slightly less, uh, slightly less politically crazy, we're going to say. And of course, it's probably going to jinx it, but whatever. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you are interested, please feel free to send it an OC and I will work on getting in touch with you as soon as I can. Uh, and I'm going to, here's the extremely short current events blast. Number one, please continue to wash your hands and wear your face mask, especially if you are going to be around people that you do not live with, whether that's inside or outside, because that is going to be the best weapon that we have against the coronavirus until there is a vaccine available. Um, Speaking of vaccines, make sure that you go get your flu shot, because the Northern Hemisphere is entering winter, and I don't think anyone wants to get COVID and flu either sequentially or at the same time so get your flu shots um please continue to support marginalized people there are communities in i know in nicaragua and in uh and in the philippines and in i believe honduras who have been affected by by natural disasters within the last month um but also there's plenty of people in your community that i'm sure could use help as well including uh people who are unhoused and people who are in need of support from uh from food kitchens or from from soup kitchens food pantries that kind of a thing so that's food for thought and finally if you live in the state of georgia and you're going to be 18 before i believe january 7th please make sure that you are registered to vote and then 
go ahead and do your go ahead and do your uh, advanced voting ballots so that you can vote in the race and support the Democratic senators who are up or the Democratic senatorial candidates who are up for election because Georgia, I believe in you. <laughs> and of course, with all podcasts, it's always incredibly helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice because it helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Humphrey Rudo Seas, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Now, so here's my question. Can I get yeah. you to talk about the weather? Yeah, yeah, of course. What, I'm going to say, like, I'm going to say no? Well, right. So, see, the weather is something everybody likes to talk. Like, everyone's an expert on, and it's easy mm-hmm. to be friendly. And I'll be good. Then you get to meet all my students. They'll be very excited. Yeah. So I will harass you about that. At yeah. Well, hello, my friends. This is CK from the Marths and Monsters podcast. Join me, my companion Finn, and my occasionally satanically possessed cat Ray Puny models. as we investigate the real truths behind some of the most wonderful creatures you can imagine. Are trolls really that thick? Or is it just bad press? Are leprechauns really drunken bums? Uh. Sort of. But there's a lot more to find out. All you need to do is tune in to Marths and Monsters podcast with me and Finn. Till next time, slancha your good health. <laughs>